Hi, this is Pastor Russell Howard. Every week we get together on this podcast and take a look at some aspect of the of the uh, Word of God that we looked at in our Sunday morning message. Uh, I'm so glad you're with us as once again, this is Beyond the Notes. We can learn a lot from names and titles that are ascribed to Jesus. Uh, So-called messianic titles are, are a fascinating study in and of themselves. And in this passage, the passage that we dealt with uh, last Sunday in the Word of God, John 4, 27 through 42, it's, it's the follow-on to Jesus' conversation with the woman at the well. We talked about that some last week. This passage deals with the other inhabitants of the Samaritan village of Sychar, who now are, are, in response to the woman's testimony, are now coming out to the well, about a half mile, the, the location of the ancient village of Sychar and the location of this very well, which is an a underground artesian spring. Uh, is, is well attested by local tradition and biblical scholarship going all the way back. You can, you can visit this today if you're traveling in the Holy Land. At any rate, about a half mile outside of town. And the, uh, the Samaritan inhabitants of the village, at least many of them, have responded to this, this woman's testimony as she has found the Messiah or is convinced that she has. And by the way, she's right. And... Uh, as the passage unfolds, her testimony is used of God to bring the, uh, the inhabitants of the village to at least a level of intense curiosity and then a level of saving faith. As they encounter Jesus, they ask him to stay with them for a couple of days and hear the good news of salvation from him directly. And in the very last verse of the passage, uh, they being the other inhabitants of the village of Sychar, they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. The Savior of the world. That's a grand messianic title. And I got curious because it it seems to be a, a fairly, it's very accessible. Some of his Titles like Son of Man need a little bit of, of Old Testament knowledge to kind of parse and figure out. I am the son of a man and a woman, by the way. And, and goodness gracious, Jesus, in one sense, because he was born of a virgin, is not literally the biological son of a man. But because of the Old Testament's use of the term Son of Man, Jesus is invoking a messianic title when he refers to himself as the son of man. Others, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Well, yes, he absolutely is. But you've got to understand a bit about uh, promises made to Judah all the way back in the book of Genesis to understand the reference to the lion of the tribe of Judah. So in contrast to those other more uh, elaborate or perhaps... um, Less obvious messianic titles, savior of the world just means what it says in a super straightforward way. So I thought, hmm, 
I wonder how common that messianic title really is in Scripture. And I've got to tell you, I expected to find it fairly frequently. I, um, I sat down and, and did a little bit of computer searching and found out the term Savior of the world is used exactly one additional time in the whole Bible. It is not a New Testament, I mean, pardon me, it is not an Old Testament messianic title at all. It's not used in the Old Testament. He's called many things. Uh, even in the Gospel of John, when John the Baptist first sees him publicly, he refers to him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But that's not Savior of the world. It's, it's, it's different words. It's not a, the same title. But there's one other time the title does get used, and I, and I, found, this, I found this fascinating. When John wrote his gospel, he was not a young man anymore. Um, we have five books in our New Testament written by the Apostle John. We have the Gospel of John and 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and the book of Revelation. And all of them were written by John the Apostle as he was a much, much, much older man. In fact, he refers to himself as the elder in the uh, opening of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Um, at least two out of the three of those, I'm drawing a blank. But I, it is a, it is a self-label um, that he applies to himself. And, and in 1st uh, John, he frequently refers to his readers as little children. So he's, he's kind of even talking like an old man by the time he writes 1st John. Most scholars believe that the Gospel of John is the first of his five books, but also that, that the Gospel of John is written much later than the other three Gospels. So he's an old man as he writes. When he was writing 1 John, in chapter 4 of 1 John, uh, he writes, Beloved, let us love one another. This is 1 John 4, starting in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whosoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Can you tell that he, he's probably remembering the Jesus Nicodemus conversation that he himself wrote about from decades before when it happened? when he talks about uh, God having sent his only son in the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Now, verse 13, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. That is the second time and the only other time this title for Jesus occurs in Scripture. And I just wonder, as the old man, John the Apostle, picks up his pen or quill or whatever it was, and he wrote that verse speaking of the Father sending the Son to be the Savior of the world, if he remembered on the day he wrote that, if he remembered that for him long ago time by the well in Samaria, 
when a bunch of unlikely converts, remember the Samaritans were not the religious in crowd. The Samaritans were viewed in a more uh, outsider way by the Jews than even the Gentiles. The Gentiles were sort of given credit for not knowing any better. The Samaritans were, were rebel, uh, rebellious against Judaism. The Gentiles were merely ignorant. They hated the Samaritans. And then a group of, of hated Samaritan uh, folks who were beloved by God were the people who tagged Jesus with the label, Savior of the world. And then the old man, John, writing about the love of God that shows up in our love for each other, picked up on their phraseology under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I certainly understand that. But he picked up on their terminology and referred to Jesus in his own writing as the Savior of the world. You know, what that means for us today is that your, your friend or neighbor who's, who's sinned and done some bad stuff has not sinned beyond the boundaries of Jesus' redemption. Your friend that doesn't look like you or sound like you or live where you live is still within the scope of people Jesus came to save. Uh, he's not just the Savior of people who like me or people who are like me. He's the Savior of the world. Uh, you think about that this week and keep that in mind. And we'll look forward to seeing you this coming Lord's Day and being back with you again next week on this podcast. Hey, by now, I hope you've subscribed. I hope you're commenting. I hope you're sharing and doing all of those things. It is our joy to share this ministry with you. God bless you. Thank you.